What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. I'm David. He is Isaac. History tonight. John Morant, first player in Memphis Grizzlies history to eclipse the 50-point mark, 52 to be exact. We all thought it was coming. I, I was hoping that it would happen this year. I wish it would have happened earlier in the year. There were a few games I thought that he was going to kind of get there. He didn't. But I'm glad that it happened in Memphis. It, it was, it's a great story. And this is just one of what I think is going to be quite a few records, franchise records for John Moran. Yeah, man. I, I know one thing. I know Yaka Perla has a family out there somewhere. And John, John did, did, didn't have to do him like that. But, no, but seriously, um, just a, a special night. There's no doubt about it. And you just think, back to where when they broke this thing down it, it just doesn't supposed to happen this quickly I mean we've seen teams like the, the Sacramento Kings and, and the Timberwolves even though they're they're kind of on an upward tra- upward trajectory now these teams have been bad for a long time I mean Phoenix it took them a long time to to kind of get back after they tore it down and to be back this quickly after the core four it, it's it's something that you don't see all the time and to, to have a player like John Morant, I mean, it's a one-in-a-lifetime type thing. Like, I think, again, that we've said it time and time again, that he's a generational talent. And that's not cliche. That's not just saying just saying something to being a homer. He is that. Like, I, like he has the ability to possibly be the best player in the NBA one day. And you don't get that opportunity to, to have that type of guy on your team all the time, especially in, in your third year for a guy to be doing what he's doing, man. It's just – Special, um, and I think we're going to have many more lights like this. And you looked up at the end of that third quarter, you had 39, and we, everybody was on Twitter, man, let's get that 50-piece, let's get that 50-piece. And you saw, and he said in the post-game press conference, he saw his teammates were looking for him. Uh, he needed six more points, man, and they they made sure he got it, man. A tremendous play by Jaron, got the steal, uh, found him cut, cut to the basket and, and ended up getting a layup for – End up end up finishing with fifty two, man. But a, but a special special night for John Moran. And again, I don't, I don't think this will be the last time that we'll be talking about special nights from this team. I was reading an article the other day, and I, I would definitely give the person credit if I could remember. I, I read a ton of different articles. If I see something that pops up that's interesting, I'll click on it. But it said the majority of NBA players peak around year six or seven in their career. And it just blows my mind to think the level that he's playing at right now. Like, this is not his peak. (laughs) Like, you know, if he, if players don't reach their peak until year six or seven, what the hell is he going to be? You know, this is year three. What is he going to be? Yeah, he's like 50% there. Yeah. Six, year seven. (laughs) It's insane, man. And, And, you run out of positive things to say about him because it's all been said. Everything that you can say about John Moran, all the praises that you can give him, they've all been said. And I don't, you know, I don't say that to try and take away anything from him at all. It's just, it's crazy that one, as a fan of the Grizzlies, we get to see this night in and night out. And then as a guy that that's covering the team, the amount of content that he gives us to talk about it makes our job easy, man. And it's just, you try to be creative and think of ways to, you know, like praise him. 
and, and he's humble through it all. He, he was asked yeah. Terry Davis to ask him in the presser tonight. Terry said, Ja, what would it mean? You know, he said, your goal beginning of the year was make an all-star team. What would it mean to you to be on one of the three all-NBA teams? And, you know, he, he said it would mean a lot. But he was very quick in the same breath. He mentioned, he's like, none of this is possible without my teammates. So as good as he's playing, the, the level that he's at right now, he's remaining humble. And it's, it's insane to me to watch a guy play at this level and think that this is not peak. And, you know, for the Grizzlies sake, and as a fan of the Grizzlies, I, I hope it's not, I, I would love to see this con- to continue to grow. And, and to talk about his comments about when you're talking about the Holly Bay team and him quickly said that it wouldn't be possible without his teammates. A, a lot of people say those type of things, but with this team, I think it's 110% true. Like, I mean, you could see how excited his, his teammates were for him after the game. They, they took the photo on court, all, all got together and took a photo and like Bob and John and, uh, Taylor Jenkins comes into the, the press conference. He's drenched uh, from, from the, the celebration. John says his hair is messed up. He got to try to call his hairdresser in the morning because his hair is wet. I mean, this team is just something else, man. I, I don't even know what to say about it. We've talked about it so much, and you have this cliche of culture and team chemistry, but this team takes that to another level. Like, you just don't see this around the league, and 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 that's why I, I really do think that this team is going, going to to bring a championship parade to Bill Street because I, I just they have the talent and, and it's only going to get better. It's young talent and how much they play together and how much they love playing with each other. It's just amazing. Even when guys don't don't have a good night, uh, Jaron didn't play well tonight and he's still out there going crazy for Ja. Um, David Tillman uh, barely got in the game tonight. He's cheering the teammates on from the bench. He's out there in the picture. He's acting crazy after the game. It's just just something that you don't always see. Um, it, it, it's very special for this team. And, man, 52 points. I mean, following it up at 46 on, on Saturday night against Chicago. <laughs> like, what, is, what is he going to do against Boston on, on Thursday? He's going to score 60. I mean, it's just just it's insanity, man. And, and I'm just here to cover it, here to watch it. And, and we're extremely lucky. I mean, I, I, I think about that lottery night every every day pretty much i think back what would have happened if they had got their number one pick and had taken zion williamson and you'd have john morant and this would be going on in duel you'd have john morant going crazy down in new orleans and it, it would be tough um it, it's tough for the pelicans right now again i hope that situation straightens itself out because Zion's a tremendous talent and you hate to see it wasted like that but man we're lucky to have john here in memphis and and I've said it time and time again, you couldn't go in a lab and create a better superstar and guy to represent the city and this team than John Morant. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. The the exchange of the jersey there at the end of the game with a childhood friend, uh, yeah. you know, he said that he asked him for it. He, he said, whenever you score 50 points for the first time, I want your jersey. And so John made sure, you know, they went over – and he's like, I'm not hanging it up anywhere. That that's his. He asked for it. It's his. So he, he's going to sign it for him. That that's a huge story, man. That it, it's. It also like, the, the the thought for him to be saying that already the first time you score fifty that lets you know like what they think of his talent, what his friend thinks of, of how well he can he can play the game. Um, and, and you get that fifty piece in third year. You don't see that. That's not something that you're going to see often. A third year guy. Having a fifty-point night, man, is 
just craziness. Yeah, I, I want to go back to that dunk, but before I go back to the, the dunk, you know, the the family aspect, what I was getting to, you know, the exchange with Devontae, giving him that jersey, you know, you, you see before the game, Jaws' little girl was out on the floor with him, you know, messing around with the ball, and, and just like his whole family is around him, yeah. and, and that's, you know, T is always down there, you know, setting court side, and he's got I don't know how many seats they got there. I think like three or four, I would guess, right there courtside. But Ja talked about, you know, his family suite or whatever. He's always got friends and family around him. And, and it's it's just – it's great to see, man. It's great to see him. You know, obviously the fans support him, but he's got a great group around him to help support him on this journey, man. And, like, me being a dad, I can't even imagine how happy T. Moran is right now watching his kid go out there and just destroy the league, and man, Jakob Pertle. First off, he he is a, he's a good shot blocker. Yeah, I, I'm gonna lead off with that. He he's a guy. He's a good shot blocker. And I had a buddy at the game tonight. He texted me. He's like, Ja just murdered a dude. And you know, I, I'm on delay. I'm on league pass with a VPN, so I'm on a little bit of a delay. And as soon as they like, he caught that ball in transition. Whenever I'm watching it, I already I'm I'm like, this is it. This has got to be it right here. What he just, you know, what he texts me about. And I saw Pirtle. I'm like, oh, dude, this is gonna be crazy. And it, it was way better, even though I knew in advance that something crazy was about to happen. It was still way better than I thought it was going to be. Should have made a business decision, man. He did. He, he did not uh, <laughs> yeah, make a business decision. Job was going to say. Job was asked about it on the, the walk-off interview, and they kind of asked him what was going through his mind. And he said that he was kind of pissed off from a, from the previous play where he was kind of they they got him in a headlock and they didn't call a foul. They called a jump ball, and he said that he just kind of let it all out on that dunk. Like he said, he was he, he was pissed off, and he, he man he caught a body. That's nasty like that's one of the you you are gonna see too many posters like that like we have guys that get dunked on but that was nastiness right there man my thing i've watched it now because you you see the grizzlies posted a replay on twitter and then fans at the game were posting they had their cameras going when he made that play and so there's a video from the end of the floor that he was driving toward you can see that video that one's pretty solid, but there's one from the opposite end, from the Spurs end of the floor, where it's it's getting like watching him kind of in an angle from behind, and he is just soaring, dude. Like he takes off outside of the baseline, and just, dude, it, it's. I bet I've watched the replay of that dunk fifty times already with with no yeah, exaggeration. So like I, I just watched it on replay a few times, and then I saw people tweeting out different videos of it, so I went back and watched it. And uh, if I can go back and find the guy that tweeted out the one from behind, you can really see how much ground he covers whenever from the time he leaves the floor until he throws it down. It's it's insane, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just again, it, and, and Stephen Adams kind of said it in the, in the postgame presser after the Chicago game. He just kind of made a joke about it, like it, 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 it's boring. I mean, he was saying it as a joke because it's he was talking about how special it is, and he's always doing. You see this stuff happening every night to the point to where it, it's almost like he can't amaze you anymore because you believe that he can. You believe it that he can do anything. That's like where we are with him right now. Like nothing that he does. Like some guys, 
like come comes out and come out of nowhere with stuff and you're like how do they do that he's doing this every night like every night he's doing something like that you've never seen before and it, it, it's to the point now where it, there's just no words for it you just sit back and appreciate it and, and enjoy it because there's nothing else that you can say about how amazing and how special he is as a, a player i mean as I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, but again, man, I think Yaka Pirtle, and he was pissed the rest of the game. You could tell, man, he had some frustration fouls. I mean, he was getting <laughs> lit up. I mean, after, after, after that dunk, like, I could tell, like, you get dunked on like that, man, That I, that's tough to get over. Like, man, I don't <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you, you don't want to get put on a poster like that, man. And that's probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, hands down, man. That's I, I've got the one right behind me where I'm recording where he dunked on Aaron Baines, and that one was impressive. Just the way he contorted his body to throw that dunk down, that one. Was yeah, because he got a camera to the other side of the rim and threw it in. Yeah, so. but, but the, this one right here, man, it was like straight down his throat. Like, it, you know what like it reminded full extension. me of? Like, like he punched yeah, it. It wasn't like one of those. Like a lot of times when you when people dunk on people, you see some of the Blake Griffin ones where. They kind of just throw the ball through the rim and like they don't really yeah, don't really like he, dunk it. Yeah, he flat out packed it like that was a one hundred percent. You got punched on like it yeah, wasn't any, anything, man. It's craziness, man. The historic dunk that came to mind when he threw that down is when Scottie Pippen dunked it over Patrick Ewing. Yeah, yeah. And that one wasn't like it was just to me. This one was more impressive because of where he was coming from. Like it, it just. The Pippen dunk when he when he threw it down over Ewing that like you're you're dunking over a big right like Pippen six seven anyway Jaws significantly shorter but it's this isn't a dunk on a guard <laughs> you know this is no, a dunk man. on, on a shot seven blocker foot. man and what's crazy is he had another play that you could argue is maybe a better play that that in the same freaking game he had another play that you could argue. And be like, okay, which one is which? Which one is better? And that's a, the buzzer beater at the end of the half when Adam yeah. slings it, you know, the length of the floor. Jock catches it in the air and gets the shot off, and it goes in to, to beat the first first half buzzer. I I don't even know which one's more impressive. I I like I would vote the dunk just because you know everybody loves a good dunk, but the amount of skill that it took to catch that ball in the air and then get the shot there was what, like 0.5 seconds on the clock? Yeah. So, like, to catch it, get the release off, and then make it on top of that, it's you – know, man, I don't know. I have got I have no more adjectives to, to describe what it is. It's just you know, mind-blowing, man. It, yeah. Insanity. Insert anything, like pull up a dictionary, anything with a positive <laughs> adjective, just insert it right here. Yeah, man, I was thinking how crazy that play would be if it was a game winner. Like, imagine that being a, a game winner. Like, and he said – Steve-O just told him to, to, to take off and run fast as he can, and he got him, and he had him. And he pinpoint pass, man. I mean, Stephen Adams must have been a quarterback in another life because he some of those passes that he makes, man, are insane, and he put it right on the money. Like, you couldn't have made another pass, a better pass than that. And, and man, he knocked it down, and it was so amazing because he was, like, right, fell into the bench, and everybody just mobbed him uh, as they went into the half, man. That was just a, a, a fantastic moment to, to see, but – um, again, man, I mean, you, you come out of it, come out of the break and you, you do lose the game in Minnesota, but now you're two and one out of the break. And I think and there, there's some things to clean up. Like defensively, they, they struggled tonight at times. I mean, that, that mid range jumper was open all night for 
uh, the, the Spurs back. Kelvin Kel, Kel Johnson uh, was, was Lonnie Walker, uh, Dewante Murray. They all just knocking down that mid-range jumper, and they just never really got a hold of that. That's kind of why they stayed in the game. And the three-point shoot, um, Doug McDermott got off uh, there in, in the third quarter, knocked down some shots. Uh, but that, that San Antonio team always gives them trouble. Uh, that's one of the teams, if you kind of talk about the teams that they kind of struggle with, San Antonio's one, you know, Minnesota – uh, is another one that Dallas has been one. It just seems like because Minnesota has the uh, San Antonio has the fastest pace in the league, and they're just kind of hard to catch up with. Man, they share the basketball extremely well because you know they're they're well coached, uh, and they they even though their record doesn't indicate it, that's still a solid basketball team. If you don't play well, they'll beat you. Um, and, and they yeah, they sure. played well in their game before, and kind of saw came in playing well tonight. I was kind of kind of leery early in the game. I was like, man, this is going to be a battle, and it was there for a while. Grizzlies would get up. Six, seven, eight, nine points. The next thing you know, it was a two-point game again. Uh, but eventually, they were able to pull away there in the fourth. But I mean, it's just uh, God, man. I don't even. I don't even know what to say, man. Like I said, we come on here every night and talk about how special this stuff is and how how great this team is, and you just kind of run out of run out of things to say. Uh, we, we're getting down here to to the end now. You hopefully to get Dylan back here pretty soon, and he's going to help with that defense. Uh, I mean, you just hope it doesn't kind of throw anything off. I mean, because his team is – the chemistry is so great, and he is a big part of that. So there is going to be an adjustment period to integrate him back in, but they miss him on the defensive end. You, you've kind of seen it these these last few games, especially since, since the break, even the game before, the Portland game. They could have really used him in that one as well. He's going to help with that perimeter defense, and I think he's going to make a, a big difference, and I think he's going to make the team overall better defensively. I mean, you already got Jaron doing what he's doing when he's out, out there and right. Uh, and, and I think Dylan's just going to add to that on the perimeter. Yeah, uh, Sean Elliott was talking on the Spurs broadcast, and he said that uh, Dylan was getting in like three-on-three three work. So you know that he is – he's getting close. And if you saw him, when Ja threw that dunk down, if you go back and watch that replay, you can't tell that that ankle's bothering him at all, dude. He exploded <laughs> off of that bench. And I know like jumping, jumping up and down is not the same – as going out and playing an NBA game. But you could see with the beginning of this injury, he'd be on the bench and he'd be cheering. You could see he was being more reserved, right? You, you could tell there was pain in that ankle. And the way that he's jumping up and down, there, there was a, a video and it showed, and I think it was like him and Dez and Tripp, they were right together. Dylan was in the middle and all three of them were just like jumping up and down. So, you know, they all support each other. But Dylan is kind of you know the reason I went down that road. I, I think that he he's probably sooner rather than later coming back, and I'm hoping you know you don't have a ton of games left, and this you know you're running out of time to get that integration to happen. So I, I want to see that happen, man. Hopefully next week. When do they they play again? Thursday. Yeah, I got Thursday at the Celtics. Saturday home Magic, and next week I can't remember what they got next week uh but the next the two you, games this so, weekend at yeah, boston so. thursday home for orlando saturday mm -hmm. i think they got the pelicans i want to say sometime next week at home yeah, TNT the, game. The, the rockets at houston at yeah, home against the pelicans at home yeah see that's back to back yeah saturday sunday yeah. the home magic at rocket sunday you're right yeah yep you know it, it's i would we we were talking we were told early march or sometime in march so maybe we see him you know, in that that the Pelicans game at home, maybe that's where they bring him back in. I don't. I, I think it's happening within the next week or so. Honestly, so 
Yeah, you saw John tweet out some pictures of him and him and uh, DB. Uh, I think last night. So I think people were kind of speculating that it, he's saying that he's on the way back. But it, it, is it just me or I'm tripping, man? But watching him on the bench, does he look like he's lost weight to you? He look he looks kind of skinny to me. Like I I could just be tripping. I don't know. But that every time I look at him, he looks smaller. Maybe it's just seeing him in a uniform versus seeing him in street clothes. I, I'm not sure, but he does look like he's yeah, physically I, smaller to me. I don't know. I ain't paying that much attention, man. Look, you're worrying me a little bit. I gotta be honest. <laughs> he man. does. He, he did look. He does he, look skinny. He, like in the face, he looks skinnier to me. I yeah. It's, I I don't know. I haven't really. I, I have to go back and look. I know. Yeah, it could I, just I be me, that, man. I saved that video of them jumping up and down on the sideline. So I, I'll take a look. But I haven't really paid that much attention to to be honest. Yeah, it could man. just be the skinny jeans and being out of out of uniform. But he yeah. does look 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 lighter to me. I don't know, but. Yeah, man, he'll be definitely a welcome addition uh, back at his team, and, and we know what he means to this team, not only on the court, but in that locker room uh, and, and the energy that he brings in, in the way that guys feed off of him. It is, it's just fun to watch, and he just adds a, a, a totally different dynamic, uh, that, that villain dynamic. It, it is fun when he gets going because he goes to the opposing arenas. You got the, the, the opposing fans booing him, and he absolutely eats it up, and when he gets going, man, it's – so fun to watch. I love it. I love having that type of guy on your team. And when you look back at history, most elite teams, you have at least one guy like that. You have one guy on your team that opposing fans hate. He's one of those type of guys that you love when he's on your team and you hate when you have to play against him. And we, we, we have a good one in him. And it's going to be going to be fun to have him back, man, and, and hopefully get all this, all this chemistry right, get everything going, and, and get ready to make this deep playoff run. Because I think they – they definitely have that ability to do that. And now, man, only only one game back uh, of two seed Golden State. Uh, Golden State's at Minnesota tomorrow tomorrow night. Minnesota got a come from behind win uh, up in Cleveland, uh, where, where, where was down in that game and, and able to, to, to pull that one out. And they're going to be on a back to back with Golden State. Hopefully, they can knock off the Warriors tomorrow night and, and Grizzlies be a half a game back. I really do think the Grizzlies have a, a, a great chance of, of ending up with that two seed. What, what do you think? Yeah. Yep, man. There, obviously, there's a lot of factors that uh, that play into that, but this team is playing extremely well right now, and you know, adding Dylan back to this mix is is just going to make this team better. Kyle Anderson, two games in a row here, has looked like Kyle Anderson. You know, he, he has yeah. nine points, nine rebounds, six assists, and a block shot tonight. He, he's looking like he's starting to hit his groove. And you're you're closing in. You're you're getting close to playoff time. That's when you want to be playing your best basketball. So you get Dylan back. You you integrate him into the not that you really he knows the system. You just get him back in the lineup. However, you're going to handle that. And you, the, these guys just keep ticking along. Everybody stays healthy. I, I'm so happy to see Kyle have back to back games like this. We we were talking about it. Last night, is that the game that Kyle is going to, you know, like drive Kyle for the rest of the season? Is he going to put it back together? If Kyle Anderson is playing at this level, then you're in the playoffs. When you reach that point, you're playing to win, right? You, that, that's what you're doing. You've got certain guys that you are wanting to get minutes for because, you know, it's going to pay dividends in the long run. But I, I think that's a, you know, we've discussed it a little bit on here, but I think that decision become significantly harder if Kyle Anderson is playing at the level that we know that he can play at. And that decision being, you know, do you take minutes away from Zaire to give them to Kyle? 
Yeah, I, I think when he's playing the way that he's playing now, I think you, you have to have him out on the floor. I mean, in, in the playoffs, I mean, he's invaluable with the intangibles that he brings because he gives you a little bit of everything. When when he's like this, man, he's scoring the basketball, like you said, nine points tonight, nine rebounds, almost a double-double there, six assists, a block. I mean, super efficient, 4-7 from the field, even knocked down a three tonight, uh, plus 19. I think that was third on the team behind Ja and D'Anthony Melton. Um, and playing this great defense. I mean, you go back to the play against Chicago, against DeMar DeRozan um, at, at the end of the game, and that's the type of stuff that he does, and those are the type of plays that you need in these close games in the playoffs. And, I mean, he just feels a valuable role for you. Um, and he's that type of guy that you need in, in, in tough, close playoff games like that. So if he's going to play at this level, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for, for Taylor Jenkins to keep him, keep him off the bench. I mean, we'll see how it plays out because, like I said, a week ago, we were talking about Zaire Williams and how he had been playing, and he had felt like he had kind of taken overtaken Kyle a little bit. Now Kyle's playing really well, and Zaire's kind of having a, a down stretch right now. So we'll see if this, this continues the rest of the year. But when he's playing like this, kind of the same thing with De'Anthony Melton. Uh, when he's playing the way he's playing now, he, mm-hmm. he deserves to be out there, no doubt. But other times you, you look at them and they're really struggling, and you're like, well, I mean, I think there are other guys that, could come in here and give you more in those minutes. But but right now, him and D'Anthony Melton are both playing well. And we saw Melton at the end of last year kind of really go into a shell and was really struggling going into their playoff series and was almost un- unplay- unplayable at that point. He was really struggling. But right now, playing well. Hopefully that continues for both of those guys down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, man. I want to try and keep this one a little bit shorter. We, we've gone long on our last couple, but uh, – let's run through the box scores. I know there's a lot more that we can talk about with this team, but you know, we have another game later in the week. We've got that Thursday game. So if we got anything that we didn't cover here, we can, you know, wrap it up in there and, uh, and talk about it. But I'd like to keep this one. I know the last two that we've done have gone a little bit over an hour and I like to keep it a little bit shorter than that if we can, but you know, when it's good content, it's good content. Yeah, sure. Let's jump into these uh, into the box scores tonight for the Grizzlies and the Spurs, and then we will wrap it up and get out of here. Yeah, man, Grizzlies go 48 of 89 for 53.9%. San Antonio 41 of 99 for 41.4%. For man, can't, can't even talk tonight. Um, that, that's something that we talk about all season, how in most games, Grizzlies usually win games by getting offensive rebounds, getting extra possessions. Uh, San Antonio with 10 more shots on goal tonight, and, and that's just off of pure activity. I mean, they move the basketball so much. Uh, they, they whip the ball around. They get offensive rebounds, and they put up a lot of shots. That's what, what they do, um, and, and they put up 10 more shots on goal than the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, but three point, from three-point range, Grizzlies go 11-26 for 42.3%, so a really good night there uh, for the Grizzlies. They shoot 34% on, on the season, so they're about 8% higher than, than their seasonal average. San Antonio goes 9 of 32 for 28.1%. So they got a lot of threes up, but a terrible shooting night for them. The Spurs plus six of the tips, but the Grizzlies plus two. It makes for plus six points for the free throw line, man. This is a problem, and it's been a problem for a while. They did – I think they shot it well in, in the Chicago game. I think they were, like, close to 81%. But tonight, man, back to their struggles, 11 of 19 for 57.9%. And that's just something that you don't want to see. Um, you, you go do that in a playoff game, and – it can cost you. I mean, 58% from the line, man, that's just just not going to cut it. But the Spurs go 14 of 19 for 73.7%. Uh, so same amount of attempts. They both get 19 attempts for the Spurs with three more makes. Uh, so when you look at threes and free throws, Grizzlies come out with a net three-point advantage there. 
rebounds. Grizzlies 55-38. Grizzlies with 13 offensive rebounds. San Antonio with 12. So, as, as I said a minute ago, man, San Antonio uh, got a lot of second-chance points tonight. They were able to get uh, almost even with the Grizzlies on offensive rebounds. That's something that you don't see much. Grizzlies usually dominate in that area, but San Antonio was able to get some more yeah, tonight. Uh, Go ahead. Yaka Pertl is uh, one of the best offensive rebounders yeah. in the evening, and that's – you know, showed up tonight. He had four. Kelton Johnson had three. Uh, you know, they they done a good job. They being the Spurs done a good job on the you know offensive boards tonight. And I think that's a, uh, you know that that's one of the reasons they were able to stay in this game. And yeah. Like you said that the Grizzlies generally wear people out in that category because of Stephen Adams. But uh, the, those second chance opportunities for the Spurs were were huge. Yeah, they were they were definitely that's definitely one of the big reasons why they were. They would stay in the game because it seems like every time they they got one of those offensive rebounds, they end up end up scoring uh, a lot of three pointers there in that in that third quarter, especially um, assists. Uh, San Antonio thirty to Grizzlies twenty four, and as I said, man, San Antonio really shares the basketball well. Um, I mean, they play really really smart basketball, and that's a testament to Popovich and how well he coaches. I mean, you you look at the talent on the team, a lot of young talent, but I think he definitely maximizes even looking at what their record is. I think if you had another coach in there, they probably wouldn't be playing as well. I mean, I think he maximizes the talent he has. And, and he a lot of good young talent there. I mean, that team's going to be good in, in the coming years. I, I like a lot of those guys on that team. I think DeWante Murray, I think me and you have both talked about how much we like him. He's one of my favorite non-Grizzlies players, same with you. And I think uh, Vassell is, is a really good young player. I mean, Yaka Pirtle is, is a tough player inside. Keldon Johnson is a guy that can – come in and knock down shots. I mean, they got a lot of a lot of young talent. I was a big fan of Derek White. We talked about that last episode. I probably would have would have held on to him, but I think it, it came down to a decision. They they made a decision between Murray and White. And obviously in that situation you're gonna go with go with White. But I, I love a lot of the young talent they got on the team. But steals, uh 13 steals uh for, for San Antonio to five for the Grizzlies, uh blocks six to three Grizzlies. Turnovers, man, a lot of turnovers tonight for the Grizzlies. 18. Uh they double up the Spurs. Spurs with only nine I mean, the game, that's definitely something that you want to get cleaned up. Fast break points, 22-15 Grizzlies. Um, and, and as usual, Grizzlies do big work in the paint. A lot of it has to do with John Morant, number one. Paint score in the league at 6-3, that's something that you you don't see. But 66 points in the paint for the Grizzlies to 46 for San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, man. It's so some of these numbers that we're talking about here, you know, you usually see the the steals. Our, our big thing, the Grizzlies are really good at, at forcing turnovers. Didn't get that done tonight. They turn the ball over a ton. They generally dominate teams on the offensive glass, and, and that was not the case tonight. Still able to come out with a victory, largely in part to John Morant dropping the first 50-burger in franchise history. Still can't believe that. It's, it's it's fitting that he is a guy that holds that record. Sean, our buddy Sean Coleman, the um, you know viral Southern Tennessee <laughs> accent yeah. with uh, Stephen Adams, Sean Coleman. Uh, he tweeted out, there are um, – I mean, I'm going to pull this up because I don't want to get it wrong. And it's probably going to mess me up. Of course it is. I'm trying to get something in here. and I don't want to mess it up, and, and it's acting crazy. But he was talking about players in, in the history of the NBA with the top three scoring performances in a single game. And that list is very, very short. Only players in NBA history own the three highest scoring games in franchise history of an NBA team. Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain for the 76ers and the Warriors, Michael Jordan for the Bulls, James Harden for the Rockets, Dame Lillard for the Blazers, Anthony Davis for the Pelicans, and now 
Ja Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, uh, again, m- more history from him. I think we're going to continue to see him make history as he continues playing here in Memphis. Uh, I'm just so glad that we get to be a part of it. We get to watch it. Will, before we get out of here, I don't do this enough. We should talk about them more. We do have some partners here at Sports Ethos. Uh, right now, I want to talk about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy, if you are a betting man, I know my guy Isaac loves prop bets. Thrive Fantasy <laughs> is fantasy basketball. I do. But it's not in, the, it's not in the, the historical DFS type format. It is in prop bets. So when you go over to Thrive Fantasy, you sign up using the, the uh, promo code ETHOS. They're going to uh, get you some, some goodies for signing up, letting, letting them know that we sent you. When you sign up, you go in and they've got it laid out and you're looking at the top players in the league. With DFS, I love DFS. I do well playing DFS. But you have to know the rosters top to bottom. You have to know, hey, is there an injury? I can get Trey Jones for 3000 tonight and Murray's out. Should I play him? With Thrive, you don't have to know that. It's all stars, and you're picking overs and unders. So you get a list of 20 overs and unders. You go and you pick them. You get the most right. You win. It's fantastic. Go check it out. It, it's a new way to do uh, to do fantasy. And if you're a fan of prop bets, I think you'll really like Thrive Fantasy. Go over and check it out. Again, use the promo code ETHOS, and they will get you a sign-on bonus. I I should have that written down, what that is. I apologize. I'm a bum. I don't. I believe it's like – I want to say it's like $10 and two tokens, like two tokens to get into contest. But I will have that the next time that we're on, and I'll let you know exactly what you get for signing up using the promo code uh, ethos at Thrive Fantasy. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, excited about Thursday night. Uh, two top 10 defensive teams going at it. Uh, Boston, number two in defensive rating right now. The Grizzlies are number eight, uh, moved up from number nine. So uh, that, that's going to be an interesting battle. Um, you, you talk about the perimeter players they have and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzlies match up with those guys. But that, that should be a fun matchup. I like going on the road and, and, and playing these other uh, really good teams to, to kind of see where the Grizzlies at. We saw that on Saturday night going up against the Chicago Bulls. It's an, another opportunity for them to go up east and, 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 and try to get a big victory. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. And again, man, that game's on Thursday night. TNT game, we, we were not going to have our, our guys, Pete and Brevin. I tweeted out that we could still watch them. And Brevin tweeted me back was that when they do the games on TNT and, and ABC, Valley Sports doesn't do the games. Uh, if it's an ESPN game, I, I thought they still did all of it, but it's only ESPN. If it's only ESPN, they still do the games regionally on, on Valley Sports, but anytime it's TNT or ABC, they don't have the rights to those games. I was like, Reverend, I was like, man, you got to get a night off, man. That's, that sounds good. He's like, no, nah, man, I, I love my checks. So, man, he, he, he's not, not, having, not, not happy about having that night off. But, uh, again, man, I, like I said, I, I love our guys, Peter Brevin, but I also – like when nationally people around the country get to see these guys because you still see a lot of comments and stuff about things and you can tell that they have no idea what's going on down here with the Grizzlies because they just don't watch. They don't have a lot of national games and being a small market team, they still get slighted a lot. They have these certain narratives that people don't take them seriously. But 
So I'm happy that they get the opportunity to see if Elf and Grizzlies get a big victory and we'll be back later this week to talk about that game. Uh, so make sure you go to East Coast Grizzlies and check us out. Until next time, we gone. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.